know what the Bible says? Ascribe to the Lord the glory that is due his name. That means however good you think God is to you, try to get your praise up to that level. So on Father's Day 2017, how good has God been to anybody in the house? Get your praise up there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thanks, team. You did awesome today. Stand for the reading of God's Word. That's my custom. I honor God's Word today. And I feel like preaching on Father's Day. Shout out to all the great dads. Don't we love the great dads in the house? Man, I'm, I'm one of them dads. You know, one of those dads. I, I'm going to protect my children. I, you know, I'm going to be like, if, if you come to my house to, and you beat the horn, you know, I got, I got beautiful single girls. If you come to my house, young man, and you beat the horn, you better be dropping something off because you ain't picking nothing up. Can I get a witness in the house? Can I get a witness in the house? You, you ain't picking nothing up. I'm just a protective dad. I'll probably be like, when the, the day my kids get married, my daughters, I'll be like, call me if he lays a hand on you. Come on, somebody. But I love being a dad. And today I want to talk to dads, but we're in this series called Aftershocks. How many of you know there are aftershocks to Pentecost? And it's not over. And I believe I've been able to really pull these two together. And we're taking our text from Acts 242. Watch what our text says. Thank you by live stream. So glad to have you. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, watch this, and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in their prayers. The NIV says they devoted themselves, watch, to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now look at verse 43. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. This was the aftershocks, verse 44. All believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, come on now, and enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. But the Bible says that they devoted themselves. And I want to talk to you today about the power of a devoted dad. How many of you are grateful for dads who are devoted? Amen. I think I'm going to speak to the whole house today. Slip up your hands if you want to get in this anointing. I'm going to teach in and preach in. Father, release revelation in the house. Change us by your word and we'll give you praise. Somebody give the Lord a great praise. Amen and you can be seated. Uh, there were many incredible and awesome things that happened after the initial outpouring at Pentecost. And I'm so glad to tell you that Pentecost Sunday was not the climactic ending, but it was a glorious beginning. It represents the birthday of the church. Honey, in other words, I'm telling you that we haven't come to the end of a thing, we are just getting started. Glory to God. There's power for us today. How many of you believe that there's power for us today in the room? I, I believe that with all my heart. Things began to happen in that early church. Incredible growth, unexplainable power, supernatural results. And this church was empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
And one of the aftershocks of, of Pentecost was the emergence of mighty men. The emergence of men who were passionate and filled with the power of God. It was the transformation that is indescribable that took place in men. Men became radical for Jesus. After they had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, they became something brand new, something unstoppable, something greatly used by God. How many of you understand this? A real encounter with the Holy Spirit can change a man. If you really ever have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, it'll change you. It'll transform your life. See, some people don't understand why you praise the way you praise and why you act the way you act, but they don't understand the level of encounter that you've had with God. He has changed your life drastically. Make a little noise if God has changed your life drastically and tremendously. And for the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about the characteristics of the early church. And in doing so, I want to show you that much of the early church was led by men who adopted these characteristics. And if we can pattern ourselves as men and fathers after those men of the early church, man, we're going to see God do things we never even dreamed or imagined. And I just want to say to all the dads in the house how grateful I am that on Sunday morning, Father's Day, you You've got your family in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, let me share with you some characteristics of the early church. Number one, the early church was authentic. Catch a hold of this. This is powerful because one of the main things that marked the early church was the fact that they were led by great men who were totally authentic. Somebody say authentic. Authentic means worthy of acceptance. They're, they're worthy to be believed in. They weren't false or imitation, but they were real. I don't know about you, but I'm in a place in my life where I like real folk. I'm gonna say that one more time. I said, I'm at a place in my life where I like real folk. I need real relationships with real people. And this, this incredible emerging church was led by real men, men of integrity. They were not fake. They didn't love Jesus in front of folk and be all spiritual in church and then act like the devil at home. Come on, somebody. Uh, have you ever known and heard about men that were so spiritual in front of folk, but then when they got home, they acted like the D-E-V-I-L? Come on. It doesn't matter how spiritual you are in front of people. What matters is how are you at home? How are you when you get outside the room? Let me tell you, the most important place you can be a hero, sir, is be a hero at the house. Hallelujah. Be someone they can respect at the house. I'm thankful for that dads and husbands that we can believe in, dads and husbands that are real, men who are constant, consistent, honest, God-loving, and real. Hallelujah. The Bible said in Acts 4.13 that when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, that they marveled and they realized that they must have been with Jesus. There was something about their connection to Jesus that changed their lives. They could not deny that they had been with Jesus. I'd just like to stop and thank God for all the real men in the house, the authentic men, the dependable men. Let's thank God for the men in the house that love Jesus. Come on. 
Authentic has, uh, is from the same family of words as author and authority. An author tells a story. And what I love about these men is they stuck with the story of Jesus. They let it be all about Jesus. They were committed to the story of Jesus. They gave themselves over to the story of Jesus. And because they kept it about Jesus, they had authority. Come on. They were able to bind devils. They were able to speak to sick folk and see them healed and lay hands on crippled folk and watch them walk again. They were able to build great churches and do great things because they stayed connected to the authentic, real Jesus and their experience with them. And let me tell you, we are living in a world where we are desperate for real brothers to rise up real brothers. Our young people are being seductively seduced by the enemy on, on social media and, and online and, and things that they watch and things that they read. They're seeing these, these false images and, and pretend and counterfeit lives that are being perpetrated on them by Facebook and, and social media and Instagram. It's pretend lives that are fake. They admire celebrities who ain't even real. Come on, somebody. They admire young people who present these perfect filtered lives and they make it seem like things are so great when really things are not great but they're presenting this perfect social media life and our young people are rising to try to try to live this ideal that is not even reality and let me tell you something if we've ever needed to combat the fake with the real we need to do it now then see a fake world needs real men something happens when real men stand up when real men are full of the power of God and you can and tell that they've been with Jesus and they can look a young person in the face and say you know what it's not always easy sometimes life gets tough sometimes you go through things you don't understand sometimes life is unfiltered can I get a witness in this house sometimes it's hard sometimes people treat you bad sometimes things go wrong sometimes injustice occurs sometimes we're not treated the way we need to be treated but at the end of the day we stay connected to a source that is greater than we are. How many of you are thankful for real men that will stay connected to a real God? Give all the real men a God bless you in the house. Man, I thank God for real men. The men that love and, and raise children. Men who live a Christian life. And let me just give a shout out. To all the men that raise children that you did not physically father. See, see, you're a real dad. Even though you didn't provide the seed that made that baby, you're still a real dad. How many of you know it takes more than a sperm donor to be a dad? Father means giver and protector of life. And what makes a father is not the physical act of sex. What makes a father is that father is there. You can count on that father. And I just want to give a shout out to all the men, and there's a lot in this church, who have, you have blended families, and you are raising and loving kids that you did not physically father. I would say, way to go, my man. God bless you. I celebrate you today. I heard recently about a teenage boy that was raised from a toddler 
Come on, his, da his dad was never there, never a part. Baby daddy wasn't a part of it. Come on, somebody. Wasn't connected to the family. This man married this precious woman, and they raised this boy from infancy. And this little boy, looked, and now he's a teenager, and his dad is telling him, there's some things you can't do in our house. And the boy looked at him and said, you are not even my real dad. After he had raised him from a toddler, he said, you are not even my real dad. Let me give you today, today, today you're going to get it. I want you to get the classic Pastor Jim Rayleigh response because I ain't scared of none of y'all. Hallelujah. I give you permission to respond in kind. If some ungrateful young teenager looks at you and says that and says, you are not my real dad, you respond and say, I put a real roof over your real head. I provide real food to go in that real belly every time you're hungry. I put real clothes on your real back I put real tennis shoes, y'all ain't saying nothing, on your real feet. I got a real car that takes you real places when you're trying to get somewhere. I pay real bills so you can have a real good life. I work a real job so you can be really blessed. And if you disrespect your real mom, I'll take a real belt and put it on your real behind and show you who the daddy is around this house. Y'all know that when I talk, man, I sell it all. Don't apologize for being the dad if you've been put as a dad in somebody's life. Do the daddy thing with all you got. Give all the real dads a God bless you for doing the real job. So real dads are authentic. You can count on them. They're faithful. But the second thing you got to know about the early church, and this needs to be a mark of men and husbands and fathers today, the early church was supernaturally empowered. The early church was not led by men who led out of their own strength. The early church was led by men who believed and they, and they tapped into a power that was greater than themselves. You see, it's within the nature, and most of you men will know what I'm talking about. It's within the nature of a man to want to fix stuff. We want to make it right. If, it, if it's messed up, we like for it to be put back together. Now, I'm not a guy that can really put stuff back together. It's guys like me that keep the guys that can put it all back together in can I get a witness in the house? But even in our families, we want to put stuff back together. But let me, tell, let me talk to the real men. There will be days and there will be times when you can't fix everything in your child's life. There will be times when you can't fix that son, you can't fix that daughter as much as you want to. You can't fix that wife, you can't fix that issue. In those moments, you need to make sure that you are tapped into a power that is greater than you are because when you can't deliver your son God can when you can't make a way for your daughter God can when you can't chase the depression out of their lives God can when you can't open the door for them God can and I've dropped by to tell some man I want you to be encouraged in the name of the Lord because if God is on your side you're going to see everything he promised you concerning your sons and your daughters give the Lord a praise 
the early church was authentic because it was led by supernatural, supernatural men who, who, were, who, were, who were greatly used by God because they had connected to his source. They had an incredible touch of God on their lives. And these men were powerful. They were powerful. I thank God for powerful men. The Bible said in Acts 2, 3, that, that there appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire and sat down upon each of them. And they, somebody say they, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Check this out. This men, these men of the early church like Peter and James and John and Andrew, they had experienced the power of God. I want my children to know that I am connected to the power of God. I, I want my children to know that I believe in the power of God. I believe in healing. I believe in deliverance. I believe in breakthrough. See, the most powerful men in all of human history and the most powerful men alive today are the ones who have a real experience with God. Men who are led by and empowered by the Spirit of God are the mightiest men. I want to tell you something. Microsoft doesn't have the power. Apple doesn't have the power. The government, Google or GE or Facebook doesn't have the power. But the church we have the power of the Holy Spirit. And baby, that kind of power is unstoppable. I want my children to be hungry, to know the power of God. And listen, don't just stop that experiencing God by yourself. Don't let that be the end of it. Lead your children to it. Hear me in this room. Men, we don't reproduce what we want. We reproduce what we are. And if you are not hungry for the things of God, your children won't be hungry for the things of God. If you're not a worshiper, your children won't be a worshiper. Let me tell you something. I came to church here and the pastor this place 20 years ago. Very little worship in the house. Very little praise in the house. Very little liberty in the house. But I knew the kind of church I wanted. I wanted a church that was full of power. I wanted a church that was full of glory. Do I have one here today? I wanted a people that knew how to worship knew how to go after the things of God. So the only thing I knew to do was to go after it by myself. In the early days, I was the only one dancing. I would get Dawn to dance every once in a while. And if Pastor Jennifer was in church, she was in high school and she would make a little noise. Other than that, it was dead, dry, and religious. But look 20 years later, and we have raised up an army that knows how to worship God because you don't reproduce what you want. You reproduce what you are. And I'm telling you, show your kids a dad that will go after God and believe that he is able to do anything but fail. Give him a praise if you love him today. <laughs> Glory to God. I want to make my children hungry for the Lord. See, it's time for men to rise up as never before and lead their families and those that they influence to the supernatural power of God. Number three, the early church was bold. One of the things that marked that early church was boldness. Look at Acts 3.14. But you denied the Holy One. This is Peter speaking 53 days after Jesus had been crucified. Peter is literally standing in front of the people that crucified the Lord. And he said, but you denied the Holy One and the just. 
and ask for a murderer to be granted to you and kill the prince of life whom God raised from the dead of which we are all witnesses. Here Peter is standing before the very ones, come on now, that had crucified Jesus and he stands there boldly. If we have ever needed bold men, oh my bold Christian men, bold men of the Spirit, we need some bold men now. The world is crazy. I'm gonna run down there and say amen to my own message. I said the world is crazy. We need some bold men that will stand strong and be passionate and declare that God is able to do everything he says he can do. We, we need some bold men. See, there are some characteristics that mark courageous men, bold men. Number one, bold men have the courage to say no. Oh, Jesus. See, my brothers, sometimes you gotta say no. Certainly say no to compromise. That's what the early church did. They said no to compromise. You gotta say no to pornography. No to, to behavior that doesn't exemplify a Christ-like life. You gotta say no to wrong opportunities. You gotta say no to unreasonable requests. And you gotta learn to say no to your children. No. Just look at them in the face and say, no. Why? Because I said so. No. Can I stay out all night? No. Some of y'all been negotiating with an 11-year-old about coming to church. No. Some of y'all been negotiating with a seven-year-old. Come on now, we're ready to go. I don't want to go. You negotiating with a seven-year-old child. Let me tell you, you better teach that crumb snatcher some obedience right now because if you don't, a judge will, y'all. Judge Grimes was sitting in front. He about shouted me down. You better tell them no. Can I have friends with benefits? No, 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 no. I want to find my youngest child and just say no right now. You need to learn to say no. Sometimes the best thing you ever do for your child is say no. Stop, oh Jesus, I got to shut my mouth. You're the man of the house. Stop negotiating with a little child. Tell them no. Teach them right now that sometimes in life you hear no. You don't always get everything you want. Things don't always go the way you want it to go. Every door ain't your door. Every chance ain't your chance. Sometimes you gotta say no, 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 no. But my friend, no. But my buddies, no. But them good, no. Sometimes you got to say no. When your children are acting foolish and acting crazy and telling you my room is private, you can't be coming up in my room. Your room, that ain't even your room. That is my extra bedroom. Your room. I'm giving my clothes. Give me your clothes. Those are my clothes. They don't fit me, but they're mine. I bought all of them. Oh, see, it's quiet in here. See, y'all don't want to go like I want to go. I'll go radical on you. You're not going to be in my house and disrespect me. You're not going to be. 
If Peyton told me, you can't come into my room, this is private. You can't go in my drawers, it's private. I would say, time out. I bought those drawers and every pair of drawers in those drawers, only in those drawers, cause I bought them drawers. And as long as you drink milk from my jug and chicken out of my bucket, everything I say goes and whatever I wanna see, I can see it. Well, glory to God. Tell your neighbor, just say no. Children have to learn to hear the word no, and it takes courage to tell your children no. The second thing uh, that marks a courageous man, they have courage to stand for what they believe in. As never before, we need men who will stand for what's right and stand for what they believe in. In this atmosphere of immorality in a nation that needs the Lord, we got to stand for what we believe in. But we look all the way back at those that God used in a great way. They stood in atmospheres that were so immoral for what they believed in. Places like Ephesus, Corinth, and parts of the world that were so filled with sin. Because they stood, they built great churches that were filled with the power of God. My grandfather said, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. Hallelujah. You got to stand for what's right. And then next, they had the courage, watch this, to believe for the unbelievable. See, that's what you've got to do, men. You got to learn to believe for the unbelievable. I want my children to understand that their dad believes for the unbelievable. I get out there in faith and I believe for the unbelievable. This church that, that God has helped us build, it was unbelievable 20 years ago that we would do it. Opportunities that God has given us, it was unbelievable when we started. It seemed like an unbelievable task, but when you believe for the unbelievable, the, the unbelievable becomes achievable. Ugh. Can I talk to you a minute? Even with everything that we've built here, God has never talked to me about money. He's always talked to me about vision. See, if he talks to me about money, I'll get intimidated. If he tells me about money, I get upset. But you know, because he doesn't talk to me about money, he talks to me about vision. Vision is something I can believe for. Ah. And see, since I believe for it, I can pay for it. Because I believe for anything, I can pay for everything. If I had to raise it, if I had to manufacture it, I'd be all jacked up. But everything I've ever done, I believe for it. And I believe for the unbelievable and God manifests it. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're letting on. Is there anybody, man or woman in the house, you got something that seems unbelievable, but you say, preacher, I am believing today for the unbelievable. Give God a Shout if that's you. See, you will not achieve the achievable if you don't believe for the unbelievable. Well, that, that sounds like a, a contradiction. Watch this. The, the unbelievable is achievable when you put your trust in Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Is there anybody in the house believing for the unbelievable? Come on.
It's, oh, Jesus, I better ask you again. I need to talk to dads, but I feel I'm making a connection with the whole house right now. Who's believing for something unbelievable in your family, in your business, in your future right now? And you don't see it in the natural, but there's something inside of you that says, God, you can do it. I know that you're on my side. I'm believing for the unbelievable. I want somebody right now who's believing for the unbelievable to give God a praise in the room. I want somebody who's believing God for the unbelievable. Give the Lord a shout in the house. You will not achieve the achievable in God unless you begin to believe for the unbelievable. Hallelujah. I want my children to know I believe in them. I want my daughters to know I believe in them. I hung out with my oldest daughter yesterday at Gold Leaf and I just poured into her. I wanted her to know, Dad's sitting here because I believe in you. I want my Channing to know I believe in her. I want my Peyton to know I believe in her, him. I want every spiritual son and every spiritual daughter to know I believe in them. Hallelujah. I believe in you in this house. I believe in your purpose. I believe that God is on your side. I believe, don't let y'all don't make me come down there. I believe the best is yet to come. I believe every promise that God made you is going to come to pass. I believe your children are going to serve the Lord. I believe you're going to have financial breakthroughs. I believe you're the head and not the tail. I believe greater glory is coming. I believe new anointing is coming to your life. I believe it. Somebody give God praise. Do you understand the power of believing in somebody? Do you understand the power of belief? Give God a shout if you do. You will only achieve what's achievable in God if you believe the unbelievable. Oh, oh I, I gotta say that again. I said you will only achieve the achievable in God if you believe the unbelievable. When you connect God to it, it's gotta be unbelievable. When you connect God to it, God's not gonna mess with it if you can fix it. God's not gonna connect to it if you can change it. God is not gonna do it if you can do it. See, we sit around and say, God move, God move, and we sit on our rump like a bump on a stump. But when we stand up and say, God, I can't do it, but I know when I can, you can. I'm believing for the unbelievable. One of the most profound effects that you can have on people is simply this. Believe in them. Well, they've messed up. Believe in them again. They failed. Believe in them again. My son, believe in him again. Start leading the right path. Believe in the God that is behind you. Ugh. And believe for the unbelievable. I don't know who I'm talking to today. But some of you in this room, you've got to get out of this natural realm. You've got, you got to get out of being bound up by what you see. Come on, you've got, got to get out of it. You've got to get in the realm of the Spirit. You've got to see things in the realm of the Spirit. You've got to see things through God's eyes. You've got to see your children through God's eyes. God, I need to get back on my notes, but I feel like ministering to somebody. You got to get out of your doubt. You got to get out of what you see. You got to walk by faith. You got to get out of your feelings. Come on. You got to get out of letting the enemy rule and reign in your life and say, bless God, I'm believing for the unbelievable. Ugh. 
Some of you have been in a bad chapter. So turn my mic up. Some of you have been in a bad chapter. Some of you have been in a bad moment. Some of you have been in a bad season. But the Lord said the chapter is not the book. It is time to turn the page, believe for the unbelievable. And Tell your neighbor, my, my story has a happy ending. Yeah, yeah, don't judge my children right now. Don't judge my marriage right now. Don't judge my money right now. Don't judge me where I am right now. There's greater glory that is coming. Somebody say greater glory. If God gets involved in it, it's greater glory. If God's connected to it, it's greater glory. If his anointing is on it, it's greater. God doesn't lead you from a small thing to a smaller thing, but he takes you to greater glory. Believe for the unbelievable. What caused this church, the early church, be seated please. What caused the early church to make it and have the profound effect that they had was because they simply did this. They believed for the unbelievable. And I would say to you today, there's power in belief. Is my mic too loud now? Okay. He's louder than me. He don't even have a mic. Glory to God. Watch this. What marked that early church day? Now, Listen, they were bold. They were authentic. Shout out to all the authentic brothers. My children can say a lot about me, but one thing they can't say is I ain't real. I'm going to be real at that house. I'm going to be real in the car. I, you know, it about gets me in trouble. I hang out with people and I don't have the sense enough to try to be impressive. I'll sit with people that are so mighty and I just want to be real because I'm tired of superficial. Write this down. Every time the church settles for superficial, they sacrifice the supernatural. Every time. How many churches are loud and rowdy, but they don't have a drop of supernatural because every shout is a superficial shout. Every move is a superficial move. But finally, the fourth thing, the early church was devoted. Now, the word devoted there is a powerful word. It means loving. It means loyal. It means given over to. It is devoted. When you're devoted to something, you stick with it. When you're devoted to something, quitting is not an option. When you're devoted to it, you stay with it when it's not easy. You stay with it when your heart is breaking. You stay with it when you can't sleep. You stay with it when the natural, you see nothing happen. There have been seasons in my ministry where I wanted to do anything but what I was doing. And I would lay down at night and not be able to sleep. 
I would drop my head and say, I don't know how much longer I can do this. But I was devoted. I stuck with it. I'm devoted to this house. Even when I want to quit, I can't. Because I'm devoted. See, we need dads who are devoted. Real dads never quit. They keep on. They just keep on. The word devote in the Greek, it, it means to... to, to to continue all the time and not to quit. The Bible says that they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and teaching and fellowship and, 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 and kindness to others and the breaking of the bread and holy communion. Each thing that they did, they continued. They continued in the apostles' doctrine. Listen, they continued in the fellowship of the word. They continued, they continued in the breaking of the bread. The, the men of the early church were devoted to the word, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship the kindness to others, to the breaking of the bread, to holy communion, to the things of God. They were committed to prayer. They stayed devoted. One thing I want my children to know is I'm devoted to you. Jenny and Courtney, I'm devoted to you. As long as I live, you don't have to put up with me. You don't have to put up with my advice. You had to put up with my protection. You had to put up with me call and say, y'all all right? Where you at? Watch yourself. You had to put up with me reaching out to you. As long as I live, you're going to be able to count on me. I mean that. You'll never fight a battle with that old dad. You'll never, you'll never win or lose without me. Spiritual sons and daughters, I don't disown you. You can count on me. I pray every day now. Lord, help me finish strong. Help me finish with my marriage intact. With my children looking at me and being able to honor the man that I've been. That's a devoted man. I'm not a perfect man. I got more flaws than you know. And Don could preach about 10 messages on him. <laughs> but if I have anything in my life that has been a strength, I just show up. <laughs> I keep coming and trying my hardest. I was thinking about some of the things that I've heard Dad say. What are some of the things you hear Dad say? <laughs> I'm not made of money. You ever heard your dad say that? You, you, you ever heard your dad say things like, uh, ask your mother. <laughs> There's a lot of things that, that, that men say, but more than what we say, what we do is what's going to change people's lives and change our children. I think about my dad. Now, my dad, man, what I wouldn't give to have a few minutes with him. My dad 
was a full gospel preacher. He was round. So he was full gospel. Come on, somebody. He loved to eat. And I used to love to eat with him just to get to watch him eat. Because he would eat and he had the, the big one of those out there. And he would drag his greens and he, and he would have a whole nother meal on his tie by the time it was over. But he couldn't get close enough to get it to, to. Listen, my dad was a trip. He was love on wheels. My dad was the greatest man of love I've ever known. And I remember the night that my dad went to heaven. He went too soon in my mind. But I'm not in charge of that. Jesus is. And I wouldn't bring him back if I could. Man, what I would give for a conversation with him today. My dad died. My dad didn't leave me any stocks or bonds or annuities. He didn't leave me any money, no investments. He didn't have any. He left me really nothing financial or tangible. He didn't leave me a home. Pastor Troy, we had provided the place that he lived. He didn't leave me a home, never had a home, really. He lived in a parsonage most of his life. That means the church owned where he lived. He didn't leave me a car because I had actually given him the car and made a way for him to get that car that he had. He didn't leave me any money. He didn't have, he didn't have any investments. He didn't leave me anything that you would say was really precious. No really precious jewelry did he leave me, nothing like that. But my dad left me something that money can't buy. He was devoted to me. He was devoted to Jesus. And the love that he has for Jesus, it lives in me now. And it lives in my children now. There is power in a devoted dad. I want to say, dad, stay devoted. Stay committed. Stay in the game. Stay in their presence. Talk to them. They might be 40 years old, but tell them what you're thinking. And mom, all you single moms, you do the same. Don't give up on your children. Hallelujah. God is the God of his word. And I've got to close, but I feel this in my spirit. I feel like it's time for you folks to begin to believe for the unbelievable. It is time for this house to rise. It is time for your family to rise. I want everybody in the room right now who's believing for the unbelievable, jump on your feet and give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, say, I'm devoted. Tell your neighbor, I'm devoted. I'm not quitting on this thing. I'm not quitting on the promises of God. I'm devoted. I'm all in. I will not quit. I am devoted. Hallelujah. I'm devoted. Hear me in this house. Dads, I bless you in the name of Jesus. All you stand-up dads, I know we've, we've celebrated them a little bit, but for every great dad in this house and watching by live stream, let's give the dads the biggest God bless you of the day. Come on. Come on, better than that. Give them the biggest God bless you of the day. Now, listen. Dad, the rest of the day, it's, it's all about you. I'm going home and I'm having pizza and chicken wings. I'm not just having chicken wings. I'm having chicken wings. 
and I'm eating, I'm dragging it through sauce, and I'm dipping it in blue cheese. I felt, I felt Kojic get on me just then. Ugh. I thank God for the chicken wing. Oh, Jesus, and I got cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory in the house. Hey, Jesus. And I'm believing for the unbelievable, the fat and the carbs will supernaturally turn into protein, and the thing that was going to blow me up is going to reduce my waist. Hallelujah. It'd be funny if I come back Wednesday night skinnier, won't it? You'll say, oh, man. But dad, we celebrate you today. Make sure it's a great day for dad. But I would say to you today, and I close with this, stay devoted. There's power in a devoted dad. But there's power in devotion, whether you're a woman or a man, stay committed. With heads bowed and eyes closed, thanks for being here today. And Wednesday night's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna be teaching on aftershocks. I kinda had to veer away from it, but we're going in Wednesday night, July 2nd, we're gonna have a gigantic prayer service. We're gonna lay hands on people. The Friday before, Dawn's gonna host a, a gigantic service where we enter in and pray, and we're doing that in the gym, but heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around. Hallelujah, Jesus, Jesus, I owe you everything. Jesus, I owe you everything. Slip up your hands and say, Jesus, I owe you everything. You can have it all. You can have it all. Say it again. Say, Jesus, I owe you together and you're not where you need to be with God there's sin in your life and you'd say pastor when you pray pray for me I'm just not where I need to be with the Lord when I count to three raise your hands are you ready pray for me pastor one remember me pastor two three slip that hand up right now I'm not where I need to be with the Lord I'm not where I need to be with the Lord amen I want everybody in the room to take your hand and place it on your heart right now we're gonna pray this prayer God can move just as mightily in your seat as he moves right here in the front I just feel led to do this today hand on your heart Raise your other hand. Everybody pray this prayer after me. This is an encounter for some of you that raised your hand that will change you forever. This is you accepting Jesus as your personal Savior. After you pray this prayer, stay in church. Go through growth track. Do the things that will keep you plugged in. Hand on your heart. Raise your other hand. Pray after me. Pray, Heavenly Father. Heavenly 
Father. Everybody in the house, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Please forgive me. Please forgive for me. All my sins. For all my sins. Take my heart. Take my heart. Wash it clean. Wash it clean. I give it to you. I give it to you. Make me brand new. Make me brand new. I'm devoted. I'm devoted from this day forward, from this day forward to following you. To following you. And I thank you for it. And I thank you. For now reach over and touch a neighbor on the shoulder. Everybody, just reach over and touch one neighbor on the shoulder. Pastor Josh is going to close us in prayer. I love you folks so much. Thanks for hanging with me today. Don't forget Wednesday night. It's going to be powerful. I'm going to be teaching on aftershocks. We're going to pray over you. And everybody who loves Jesus, shout, that's me. That's me. That's me. All right, pray. You know, I think it would only be fitting today as we've celebrated the dads, we've celebrated our Heavenly Father. I think it would only be fitting to thank God today for the man of God the spiritual father over this house, our pastor. If you love this father, this spiritual father, you ought to make some crazy noise as we honor the dad of this house. Come on, you can do just a little bit better than that. Come on, why don't you honor the spiritual dad of this house? We thank God for the spiritual father of this house who feeds us, who blesses us, and how many would say, we know he's there for us? We honor you, Pastor. Man, what a day in God's house. What a day in God's house. I'm going to do one thing, and then I'm going to pray for you. Earlier in the service, we talked to you about some prizes for the dads who took the selfies. We got, we got some winners. And so they're going to throw them up. Yeah, they're going to throw them up on the screen. First grand prize winner is Mr. Corey Kelty. Where you at? Right here. Can we give it up for Corey? Then we have Mr. Scott Smoke, if he's in the building. Where are you at, Scott? I saw you earlier. And then Mr. Eric Cruz is a winner, grand prize winner, right here in the center aisle. Can we give it up one more time for the dads? Now let's pray, and then we're going to let you go. I don't know about you, my heart's full. My heart is full. Father, we thank you today for all that you've done and you've said. For you are our present help in time of trouble. Thank you for being the father we can count on. Even when, Father, it seems like there are moments where we can't seem to find people, I'm glad we can find you. That you are as close as the mentioning of your name. Today, God, be with us. Go before us. Father, to every man, let us be devoted. And for that, we give you glory. Bring us back safely on Wednesday in Jesus' name. God bless you. Hug a dad on the way out. We love you so much here at Calvary. And we'll see you Wednesday night. God bless you.